This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online, and I was wrong about something last week. On last week's show, um, I talked about uh, well the baseball and how the Twins, you know their their futility in the playoffs has lasted 18 games in a row, going back 16 years to 2004 being the last time they won a game in the playoffs and how frustrating that is and disappointing it is and all that kind of stuff. And um, I said at that point, because they played the Houston Cheaters, which uh, I also said it says Astros on their uniforms, but they're, but they're the cheaters in our hearts. And I, I said that the, the, the Houston Cheaters beat the Twins two games in a row. It was a th- best of three series, so out go the Twins. And then... Uh, I said, though, that the next team that the um, the cheaters play would just kick their ass. And I was wrong. Uh, the next team that the that the uh, Houston cheaters played... Excuse me, i got to let the cat on the porch. You know, Kitty, your timing is, is usually better than this. Anyway, uh, I had predicted that they would go on and play... Uh, uh, whoever they played, get their asses kicked. And they did go on to play uh, the Oakland A's in a a best-of-five series, the American League Division Series. And the the Cheaters won in four games. So now they're moving on to the American League Championship Series. Which, by the way, this is fun, Uh, the hated Yankees were vying... For getting to the American League Championship Series, but they had to beat the Tampa Bay Rays in the best of five game series as well. And just earlier tonight, just within 30 minutes ago, the Tampa Bay Rays beat the hated Yankees. The Yankees are out of the playoffs. All is right with baseball. It's yet another year that the evil empire will not win a World Series. It needs to keep happening. It needs to happen for another, I don't know, 90 years, 100 years. just needs to. The Yankees need to know what it's like to not win a World Series for a long, long time. They actually haven't won one for a while here. I can't remember the last time they won one. But uh, they need to know, they need to feel that frustration even more for even longer. Really, Kitty? 
I let you out on the porch and you're walking right back in. I'm telling you this cat. <laughs> and at least she's quiet. So, here's... I, yeah, I heard you, kitty. So, <laughs> here's something interesting. While the game was being played, I was uh, scrolling through my Facebook and I was looking through uh, my, my memories. Facebook lets you look back at uh, posts that you put on on, on, that, on the day that you're looking at it, right? So for today, which I'm recording this on October 9th, I was looking through, going through the past posts that, uh, that were featured in the memories on Facebook. And two years ago, October 9th, 2018, I posted that the hated Yankees lost and that all was right with baseball. So, coincidence? Well, yes. But isn't it great? That's great. So pleased. So now the Tampa Bay Rays will play the Houston Cheaters, and we'll see how well they do. Um, I think I think uh, the World Series will be on Fox this year. It's been on Fox for the last several years. I'm thinking it's going to be on that again. And I was, I'm sure the Fox people would have preferred to have uh, the two teams that make it to the World Series be the Los Angeles Dodgers and the hated Yankees because the, the Dodgers and Yankees have a long history going back to when the Dodgers were in Brooklyn. They have a long history, and that would have been you know, a classic kind of World Series. Their second option, I think, would have been the Dodgers playing the Houston Cheaters because it was the Houston Cheaters who cheated in 2017 that beat the... Los Angeles Dodgers in the World Series. So a rematch would be something. But I really don't want Houston to make it to the World Series this year. They did not have a winning record when they went into the postseason. They should not be allowed to make it into the World Series. So let's hope Tampa Bay can do to the cheaters what they did to the evil empire and beat them. <laughs> and then we'll have... Uh, and, and I'm hoping the Dodgers make it to the World Series. But the Dodgers got to get past the Atlanta Braves. So we'll see where it goes. Baseball's still going. It's really cool. And I'm, I'm pleased. I'm pleased that the Yankees are not in the playoffs anymore. Okay. Last week I talked about the unpleasantness and the surprise, this October surprise that we... That I didn't expect, but I suppose we should have expected it. That uh, that uh, fearless leader, or or as everybody else calls him, President Trump, uh, has himself caught the COVID uh, disease. He's uh, he couldn't protect himself. Well, you know, he, he wasn't protecting protecting the country. You shouldn't be surprised that he couldn't protect himself. All the rallies he would go to, all the you know, the the his his his. Uh, Contradicting all the medical advice that's being given, his his uh, disdain of masks. He even ridiculed Joe Biden mask wearing in that in that shit show of a of a debate. He even ridiculed the masks, and then we find out he's got the COVID. Wow, what a surprise! Anyway, uh, and then it's turning out now that a whole bunch of people in the White House and affiliated with the White House and with that super spreader event where uh, Trump uh, in the Rose Garden um, had the introduction of his nomination uh, for the U.S. Supreme Court, um, uh, Amy Coney Barrett, I believe her name is, and uh, he's, he's putting her up to replace uh, 
Ruth Bader Ginsburg, which, you know, somebody had said that, uh, somebody had tweeted or posted on Facebook that, uh, um, that uh, Amy Coney Barrett is going to go through all those doors that were that were opened by Ruth Bader Ginsburg and then promptly close them to the people to the women following her. Uh, words to that effect. I'm paraphrasing. So anyway, that was a big event where masks weren't being worn and people and they were outside for a while and then they all went inside and they're hugging and they're shaking hands and they're talking close to each other and they're, all this this stuff is going on. Now, one person that was there is I believe his name is Father. Uh, John Jenkins, and he's the president of Notre Dame University, and he's, as far as I know, he's the one person who has has who has made any kind of statement of regret for his actions on that day. Uh, he 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 was he sent a statement to his students and and faculty and and to the world saying, you know, I, he requires his students to wear masks and socially distance and all this stuff, but he didn't at this event. And he says that, well, you know, they, everybody was tested. They had the quick test thing, and they all tested negative. So they said, well, you don't have to wear a mask, and you can be, sit shoulder to shoulder in that. But you really, you should continue to wear a mask and distance anyway, even though even if you have tested negative, because of the fact that a false negative test result can happen. And apparently, it must have, because... As I've, I think it was ABC News that was saying that it, there's something like 34 people affiliated with the White House, with the president, and with that event, have tested positive for COVID. Some of them are staff, like you know, like like the lower end staff of you know, like cooks and that kind of staff. I think, and then there's there's the assistants to the press secretary. There's uh, there's there's advisors to the president that had it. There's there's a few. There's like three senators who have tested positive. There's the fellow that uh, is the uh, the president of uh, Notre Dame University. He tested positive. Governor Chris Christie uh, of New Jersey. He tested positive, and Amy just told me he's still in the hospital. I didn't even realize he was in the hospital. He's been in there for six days. Yeah. You've got 34 people that's being reported as having this. Someone's going to die. I mean, I'm no doctor. I'm not a doctor. Remember, I'm not a doctor. I just play doctor online. So I don't know. And I, and I realize that these folks, they'll all have good health care. And, uh, and that the medical industry, you know, the medical science, when it comes to COVID, has learned an awful lot in the last seven months, eight months, uh, or more, depending on where in the world that that uh, that we are. Um, so they they're they're getting better at treating it and things. But we're you know it's it's heating up again in the in the country. Wisconsin's having some rough times with uh, the COVID cases. Their hospitals are getting close to getting to the to the overrun point. Uh, it's, it's just what I'm hearing, and it's just you know wear a mask, just wear a mask. Okay, so. Um, the president went in for a long weekend into Walter Reed Medical Center, uh, where he's afforded the best health care in the world, the best medical care that can be gotten. Uh, for him, it's free. And the taxpayers are paying for it. So, you know, he's getting the kind of care that, that, that uh, I read an article that said that if you know, like normal schmoes in this country were to get that kind of health care, they'd be out like a hundred grand. You know, so, I mean, come on. Uh, anyway, he, uh, after a long weekend, 
something like 54 hours staying in at Walter Reed. He goes back to the White House and he does this little photo op on the balcony uh, of the, 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 what's called the Truman Balcony on the White House and he takes his mask off right away. But, you know, he's doing a photo op. I can understand taking the mask off for a photo op. Uh, I can understand that, although, you know, it might be more important to keep the mask on. It's a better message to be sent to the people. But no, the president doesn't want to send that message to people. He still wants his followers, he still wants Americans not to wear masks. He still, that's, he still, it's, it's just, he, he didn't learn anything. He's telling us he's learned stuff, but he didn't learn anything. He says, now that he's gotten this, now that he's been sick, he's telling us that he's learned about this. You know, early on, when he wasn't responding to the pandemic, he was saying, oh, I'm getting this stuff. The people are surprised that I'm getting this. I'm so smart. I, maybe I should have been a doctor. <sighs> maybe you should have been a janitor, <laughs> but I'm not sure you could do that job. So here's, so now he's learning about it, but no, he's not. And he looked pretty terrible on that, on that, on that, on that balcony. He did not, he looked like his breathing was labored. He did not look comfortable. Uh, he's still sick. Uh, a friend of mine, a person that I've mentioned on this show, not by name, but is a staunch Trump supporter. I think he's, his words about that, that photo op was that the president looked like death warmed over. I believe that's what he said. So at least he acknowledged that much. So he's still, you know, he's, he, and here, here's another interesting little wrinkle. He has not yet said that he's tested negative. And you know if he's tested negative at this point, if the virus has gotten through his system and he's now testing negative, that we'd be hearing that he'd be standing on the, on the rooftop of the White House yelling out that he's tested negative. We'd be hearing about it. I mean, he was so proud of how well he did on that cognitive uh, uh, competency test, neurological test, that he identified a drawing of an elephant or a rhinoceros or whatever it was. We were hearing about that. You know, uh, If he were negative, if he tested negative, for COVID, we would know it, and we don't know it. And he's been asked. Sean Hannity asked him point blank about it, and, and the president just kind of slipped away from it. So he's not out of the woods yet. And I want to remind you of something. Herman Cain, uh, from, from what I understand, from the time that he was diagnosed as being COVID positive to the time that he died from the disease was 28 days. I think it was uh, July 2nd that the news came out that he was positive and he died on July 30th. So, and I think I got those numbers right, the, the, the dates right. So, so the president is not out of the woods. Now, he might get through this, he might live, uh, uh, but he hasn't learned a damn thing. He's already, he's been tweeting about, he's back, we're back in March now, uh, he's comparing it to the flu again. It's just, he's learned nothing. He's learned Nothing. So, um, there's this feeling going around with uh, Trump supporters. There's this, uh, I've been seeing some of these messages about how uh, the left and Democrats and liberals, uh, many of them are taking a sense of uh, glee getting a, a, a enjoyment out of uh, uh, out of this news about the about this uh, president being positive for the covid 
being infected and being sick. Um, you know, and we I want to think back. This is like, and there's they're they're all upset that the left is acting this way, that the liberals are acting this way, that the Democrats are acting this way. You know, just how dare you? It's our president, and it's, they're having that kind of problem. It's what hypocrites you guys are. Well, maybe, but I want to remind them of something. There was a picture which I'll put on the show notes page. Go to dimland.com. You'll see it on the show notes page. Uh, that that came out of the. Um, the 2016 campaign for the presidency. It was at a Trump campaign rally, and there was a middle-aged couple uh, standing with each other, wearing matching T-shirts. I, I don't have to tell you what color their skin was, do I? Uh, and they are wearing matching T-shirts that say Trump 2016, and then underneath, now these are not official shirts, I'm sure. They probably had them made for themselves. But underneath it says, F your feelings. doesn't say F, though. It drops an F-bomb, your feelings. These are the same people who chuckled when the president ridiculed uh, Secretary Hillary Clinton, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, uh, who, he was, who was his opponent in 2016, when uh, uh, during a 9-11 uh, memorial ceremony, she had to leave early because she was sick. Turned out she had pneumonia. And he's, he's ridiculing her. He's... He's, he's being mean, which is what this man does. He's mean, he's a horrible person, and these people that are his followers, not all of them, of course, but you know, I'm sure some probably shook their heads, you know, come on, she's had the pneumonia. Some of them have some sort of sympathy and empathy for another person, but the president does not have empathy. He does not have it. He doesn't have it. He doesn't care about anybody. Not you, not anyone. Okay? Not his staunchest supporter. Nobody cares about himself. I'm not a psychiatrist, so I don't know for sure, but, you know, that's the way it looks to me. And so these horrible people that chuckled at that, they're wearing the shirt with the F your feelings on there. And now these people are upset that there are people that are taking some enjoyment from the fact that President Trump has couldn't protect himself against the disease that he was refusing to protect the American people against. And so, you know, to them, I will say, fuck your feelings. And there's also, you know, just to address this idea, you know, it's like, I don't wish him to die, at least not, I sh to be honest with you, not fully. There's a, there's a part of me, I'm human, there's a part of me that says, you know, this would be a whole lot easier if he would just die. <laughs> and then you can turn around and say, okay, now will you wear a mask? He died. He didn't do what he was supposed to be doing, and now he died. Well, I don't want him to die. 98% of me doesn't want him to die. <laughs> I'll give it that much. But if he does die, well, it is what it is. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm going to take my first break, and I shall return. Listening to Z Talk Radio Network. I am living 
Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Valtor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. Remember, there's no hugging in the chat room. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. Hey, this is Danny Potts from the Kentucky Ghost Chasers, and you're listening to Z Talk Radio. And welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Demfit Simmons. Okay, um, this is happening, and it happens all the time. This is not new to my generation or the generation after me or the generation before me. This is something that has happened. Every generation has this happen. You get to a point where you age up and the people who were your entertainers, who were older than you, most of them, some of them are maybe close to your age, but a lot of them were older than you. They were the entertainers, the actors, the singers, the musicians, you know, the, the TV people. You know, they begin to die because that's what happens. We all get old. They age too. They begin to die. And this is something that that we you know as we get older we become more and more acutely aware of it because well it just starts happening more and more and more, and uh, well Eddie Van Halen, musician, uh, guitarist, uh, keyboardist, songwriter, um, Eddie Van Halen died this past week. It was a bit of a surprise. I didn't know he was uh, doing poorly or anything. He was 65 years old. That makes him 10 years older than me. Uh, in another month's time, uh, it'll be just nine years. <laughs> I'm turning 56 next month. Astrologers, put your charts away. Yeah, now, I don't. I don't want to. You know, uh, I don't. I don't want to seem like um, you know, give the impression that I'm some huge Van Halen fan, you know, fan of the band or anything. I like. A few of the songs that the band did, but they were just not my style of music. Uh, I did, you know, when I first heard their stuff, I think the first song that I heard from them it might have been their cover of the Kinks tune, You Really Got Me Now, or it might have been the cover of the Roy Orbison tune, uh, Pretty Woman. So I, mean, I can't remember which it was. And, and I liked both of those songs when I heard them when I was a kid. Uh, liked them both. I still like them. I think they're nice covers. They do their thing. And I certainly understand the importance of the musicianship of Eddie Van Halen. I mean, he was a virtuoso on the guitar. He created a sound out of there that was unique to him. It just hadn't been heard before. I remember early on hearing that that uh, guitar solo 
uh, called Eruption, which is which was the intro to the song "You Really Got Me Now," and I and I listened to it again just you know after I heard that uh, Eddie Van Halen had died, and I listened to it again. I said, "Yeah, this certainly is a signature sound. I mean, this is this, there was nothing that sounded like this, uh, you know, before Eddie. He he just came up with this sound, and and you know, it just uh, he had a, a huge influence on." on uh, hard rock and heavy metal and and you know yeah and i do like a few of their songs uh my favorite of their songs and this may be i should maybe be a little bit ashamed but uh the song hot for teacher the video is creepy and and i, I was talking with a friend of mine and he, he mentioned that yeah the video is creepy now and i said you know it was creepy then a bunch of kids just on a little too young side just a little too young to be looking at their teacher and uh, it was, it's it's creepy it's creepy um, anyway but I like the song and what I like about the song is not the guitar work although the, he does a fine solo in there that's whatever but I like the drums his brother Alex who's his older brother uh, played the drums on there and he and I like the drums on that song I think that they're really that they really drive it along and I, I like what happens with them um, and there was something about Eddie Van Halen, the way he played guitar. He just made it, he, just, he was one of those guys, one of those people who get so good at something that when they do it, it just seems effortless. And it, even though you, you know the amount of work that had to go into getting that good. Uh, there's a story I heard, I don't know if, if it was Eddie that told the story that I heard it from, or I, I don't remember where I heard it from. But you know, his older brother Alex would go, you know, would be would be going out to go hang out with friends, for you know, for a day or for an evening or something like that. And he'd he'd leave, and Eddie, at the, when he's leaving, Eddie would be sitting, in his bedroom, playing his guitar, you know, playing along with records or trying to figure out the, what's going on on the records or just practicing and practicing. He'd just be sitting there doing that, and then Alex would go out and hang out for five six seven eight hours and then come back and there'd be eddie just still sitting there noodling 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 going around and it's just it's that it just takes that sometimes it just takes that 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 crazy dedication uh i, I remember or just recently i was listening to pendulette's uh, podcast and he he talked about eddie van halen now there's a little there's a little twist in this this bit here, but first I'll say what he was talking about Eddie Van Halen. He was talking about you know the amount of time that people, uh, when you're a kid and you're into something, the amount of time that you can dedicate to that something. And he, and he was he was comparing um, Eddie Van Halen, and he also brought up something that that uh, Bruce Springsteen had said. Uh, so I guess Springsteen had said something of the, along the lines that uh, when you're a kid and you're learning guitar and somebody teaches you the E chord and you just, it's, it's like a week, the whole week just playing the E chord all the time, E chord, E chord, E chord. And, and, and Penn was saying that as you're an adult learning guitar, it's, you, you, you don't have that focus and interest in just playing an E chord for a week for hours and hours each day just playing it and playing it you know you don't have that you'd rather okay i know the e chord now what's another chord and in you want to integrate and it's not as you know pen was making that point that it's not as uh, um uh as focused as when you're a kid and and your brain is easier to 
has an easier time learning something like that when you're younger. It's more elastic. It's more uh, it's more uh, bendable. It's more it's more trainable than than it is when you're older. It's easier to learn a, langu a second language when you're younger than it is when you're older. It's easier to learn an instrument when you're younger than when you're older. It's easier to learn to draw when you're younger than when you're older. It's just because it's, I don't know, it's your brain loses some of that that uh, quick uh, learning uh, qualities. Not that you can't do it. The guy who... Uh, I don't know his name. I don't remember his name. He was, he was a member of the, the what was called the Wrecking Crew. They were um, uh, musicians that played on all kinds of pop songs back in the 60s. And uh, you know the, the theme song for the television show MASH. It opens up with this, this guitar being played. Well, this guy, I can't remember his name. He, he's he's a, a member of the Wrecking Crew. He's a great, great guitarist. Well, he didn't start playing guitar until he was 22 or 21. He picked it up late in life. And he just happened to be one of those people that was able to do it later in life. He did so he just picked up the guitar. But uh, normally, usually, it's a kid that's 10, 11, 12, you know, just picking up a guitar and just starting to figure it out and, and, and maybe even as old as 14 or something. But when you start getting up there, it gets more difficult. Now, the reason I said there was a twist on this is um, there's, a, there's a YouTuber... His name is Rick Beato. Rick Beato. I think that's how you say his name. And he's uh, he's um, he's a little older than me. Uh, he is a musician and he's a record producer. And his YouTube channel he uses that to teach about music. And uh, he'll tell you why a song is great. And he'll he'll dissect songs like that. And he'll he gives you you know stuff about music. And he had just with another fellow that uh, that's a musician they had just produced a video and just dropped it on YouTube and the video was a was a what if scenario kind of thing where the two uh, musicians um, speculated how Eddie Van Halen would have played the song Stairway to Heaven how would Eddie have played that and they worked on that video and got it all cut together produced and ready to go dropped it and within a couple of days Eddie Van Halen died and then Rick Beato does a reaction video, you know, a tribute video, but he talks about how important Eddie Van Halen was to him. Uh, it was his kind of music. He, he really enjoyed that. And he really, when he heard Eruption, it was just a revelation to him. And then he, um, he just says, you know, and I just, I just, we just dropped this video about Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> it was a, you know, a, you know, coincidence. Well, yes, yes, it's a coincidence. I mentioned Pendulette earlier. Now, the show that, that Pendulette does, he does a podcast called Penn Sunday School, but they give a title to each episode. And uh, the episode that dropped uh, the Thursday before Eddie Van Halen died was titled Spinning Plates Like Eddie Van Halen. And it was on that podcast that he was talking about how uh, Eddie, you know, just became so dedicated to the instrument at a younger age and got really good at it and all that. So, coincidence? Well, yes, yeah, that's that's a coincidence. Um. Anyway, it, it, I like a few of their songs. It's a 
You know, it's you know, it's always a bummer when somebody dies, uh, or almost always a bummer <laughs> when somebody dies. <clears throat> uh, I'll refer you back to the first segment of the show. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, he wasn't. You know, again, Van, Van Halen wasn't my f- favorite band, but you know, sixty-five is too young. It's too young. Uh, let's get on to something that's a little more interesting. Now we had the the photograph that went around a few years ago of the dress. Is it white and gold or is it blue and black? How do you see it? I've always seen it as white and gold. I never saw it as blue and black. I could not see it. I saw other pictures where it was blue and black, but I could not in that particular picture could not see it. And it's this weird thing in our brains and our visual connection with our brains and how that all works that some people could see the blue and black, uh, some people could see the white and gold, and some people could see both. And there's been other images that are kind of like that. There was a there was a shoe. It was an image of a shoe. Is it black and white? You know, is it gray and white, or is it is it light green and pink? How do you see it? Or you know, whatever other color combinations it might be. And that one, I could see it in both ways. I could see it both ways. Um, recently, a, a, a different sort of photograph has come to the attention of the internets, and this one isn't a you know a color perception kind of thing. It's it's uh, it's more what object do you see? And it's a picture of a dog. It's a black lab. It's a little older black lab. It's got some of the, the gray white hair taking place in the, on its snout. You know, as you can tell, it's a little older gray uh, or an older black lab that is. There's it's it's uh, laying on the floor, looking up at the person taking the picture, and this this comes out, and people uh, have been have been freaking out about it because some people see a dog, some people see the face of a clown in that image. And this popped up on Facebook, and I looked at it, and all I ever saw was the dog. I see a dog. How does anybody see a clown? I don't. What are you talking about? And I didn't dig too deep into it or anything. I was just looking at it. I, said, I don't. I don't see what you're seeing. Um, and a lot of people were saying they saw the clown face, and, and I just. I don't know. But again, I didn't search any other articles. I did find one, which I'll put on the the show notes page. That uh, that will help explain what's going on here and help you see it if you can't if you only see the dog or if you only see the clown. So I, I you know, after I learned about this thing, I was I was at home and I'm sitting looking on my my laptop or something, looking at, at and this picture I'm scrolling through my Facebook and this picture shows up again, and I went oh and my wife was sitting next to me and I said Amy, honey bunny, love of my life. What do you see in this picture? And she looked at it. I didn't want. To, that's all I did. That's all I asked. And I didn't show her that the she couldn't see the the caption or anything saying dog or clown. Since it just saw the photograph. And she said, uh, "It looks like a kid's face with makeup on it." I said, "Really? Like a clown?" And she said, "Yeah." I said, "You see the? How do you see that? That's a dog." And she looked at. It, she says, "That's a dog." And she went, "Oh my God! That's a dog." <laughs> But the first thing she saw was a kid's face, to her eye, was a kid's face with makeup on it. You know, the big, 
white makeup on the face and the big clown smile that uh, in in this the way that and it's hard to describe it in an audio show, but it it the way this the the light and shadow falls on the face of the dog. You know, you can you can see, kinda, a, a face. Sometimes it'll jump out at you because I hadn't seen it yet. All I could see was the dog. So I said to Amy, "says All I can see is the dog. Can you help me figure out how it is that you, you know? Where do you see the face? I don't. I don't. Uh, the kid's face or the clown face. Where do you see that?" And so she started to kind of point here and there, and I said, "And I said, well, can you sketch it out a little bit?" And well, she, well, I kind of put her on the spot. If she had a little more time, she could have sketched it out. But she does a little. Well, it's kind of like, and then, and then, boom! I saw it. Oh, there it is! And holy crap, is it creepy? <laughs> it's cool. It's a cool thing, but it's a creepy thing. Um, and it's we, and it, and it's, it's pareidolia. It's your eyes making patterns out of something out of something that's not there out of noise. The the pattern that is in that photograph that's actually there is that of a dog. But there's noise going on, visual noise going on, on that's part of the dog's uh, snout, and it's uh, what is the the dog. You can see a collar that he's wearing. It's just a little bit of a collar. Looks a little pink or red. So in, in that that collar becomes the ear of the clown, and then part of the chest of the of the dog you know, below the snout or the lower part of the snout becomes part of the face. And then you can see, you can see and the nose. The nose of the dog is the is the left eye of the face of the clown. It's really creepy, but it's it's awesome the way pareidolia works. It's it seeing the pattern in the noise. There's nothing there. There's no pattern there, but your brain is looking for patterns all the time. This is how we figure things out. I often say when I talk about pareidolia and how uh, our brains are seeking patterns. If we didn't have that ability, uh, you know, a, a two dots, uh, a quarter of an inch. Uh, apart from each other, but you know, on the same level, above a half circle, would not look like a smiling face to us. Emojis would not work because we wouldn't. All we would see would be two dots and, and a curved line. We wouldn't be able to see the pattern that is a face. So it's you know the fact that pareidolia works for us, and it's also part of my. You know, when people say, "I know what I saw," well, no, you don't. You know what you think you think you saw. You know that you know, but you're not. You can't be certain, especially when it's something like I was out in the woods and out of the corner of my eye, I saw some movement. I looked over and through the trees, I could see Bigfoot, and for a few seconds or half a second, and I said, "Well, yeah, maybe you saw something else," and your brain is putting together these patterns. It's really neat. The brain works in mysterious ways. Uh, and pareidolia can be can be pretty cool, but it can also be pretty darn creepy. So check out the show notes page to take a look at that article that I'll put up there, and uh, that you can you can see the image. It's just yeah, <laughs> uh, but it's cool. When I saw it, boy, I didn't think I was going to be able to, because I, I was just baffled by why people saw it. But uh, with the help of my wife, I was able to see it. Now, let me see now. Uh, but with the help of my uh, little computer here and my fingers, I'm going to take my next break. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I shall return after this break as soon as it starts. 
hands often to reduce the spread of germs and disease. To wash your hands properly, wet them, apply a quarter-sized amount of liquid soap, and rub them together for about the time it takes to sing the Happy Birthday song twice. Wash the front and back, in between your fingers, and under your nails. Dry them with a paper towel if possible, and then use the paper towel to turn off the faucet and open the door. If soap and water aren't available, use an alcohol-based hand sanitizer. A message from the CDC. He's endlessly pushing the rock of reason up the hill of paranormal. It's Dr. Dim, and you're listening to Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Yeah, this ought to be good. I hope so. <laughs> this ought to be familiar to you, because I'm revisiting a pedantic moment I had probably five years ago on this show. I blogged about it five years ago, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the blog that I wrote back then uh, in September of uh, 2015. September 10th, I posted this, of 2015. And um, I want to have a little fun because, you know, there's been heavy stuff going on and the top of the show had the heavy stuff and now that's out of the way. So let's have a little fun and I'll try to stay away from the heavy stuff if I can uh, going forward. We'll see. Um, and it's, uh, I, I get uh, pedantic about a, a movie that I loved when I was a kid and I still like it a lot. Uh, I had it on, I still do have it on, uh, VHS, a widescreen version of it. The movie is Westworld from 1973. Now, I have it on VHS, and um, I, a couple weeks ago, three weeks ago, I watched it. I just felt like watching it. Needed a little comfort food viewing, you know, comfort watching during the age of COVID and all the stuff that's going on. And uh, I watched it, and it, you know, well, it's a VHS on a high-definition TV, and you're like, eh, okay, it looks okay, but, yeah. And then the twins got bo booted out of the, the playoffs, and the debacle that was the, the debates, and this whole notion that, you know, Jesus, if that guy wins the presidency again, God, how are we going to survive another four years? And all that kind of stuff started to come down on me. And I said to my, I got to work the next day after that debate day. And I I just thought, you know, I do need some stuff from, you know, I needed a couple new sweatshirts. And I said, and I said honey, can you, you know, I, I chatted with her. Can you order a couple of these you know, sweatshirts? 
And and can you get this uh, Blu-ray of uh, Westworld? And can you get this Blu-ray of It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown? And hey, and this Blu-ray set of uh, the 1973, uh, the Three Musketeers, and the, and the sequel that came out the next year, uh, the Four Musketeers. Can you get those for <laughs> just to help me feel better? So we got the Blu-ray of Westworld, and I watched it again. And oh my, the picture is so much better. It's just it it looks so much better. But it reminded me of this blog I wrote and of this pedantic moment I have about it. Uh, and and I thought I'd read this blog to you. There's a couple new wrinkles to add to this pedantic moment uh, that, that I noticed when watching it again. Uh, and now I should say that this is going to be spoiling the movie for you pretty much, but it's a, from 1973. That's what, how many years? 47 years? Come on. Is that right? Did I do the math right? Yeah, it's 47. Yeah, I saw I saw it when we were a kid. It was at the movie theater that's just half a block away from where my parents live. And we would go and we'd, we'd pay for one showing of it and then we'd sit through and, and, and watch the next showing of it. And we thought we were getting away with something, but as long as things weren't all that crowded, the, the theater people didn't care. They didn't chase us out. So, okay. I'm going to read this to you now. I, I, before I read, I'm not the greatest reader in the world, so please bear with me if I trip over a word or two. I will try to not read terribly. So here's the here's the bit that, and then I'll I'll give you the couple of wrinkles afterward once I finish reading this. <clears throat> this is a blog I titled "Picking Some Nits Off of Westworld" from 1973. Uh, I will tell you that I loved this movie when I was a kid, and I still think it's pretty good and damn fun. However, if you think about it too intently, you will find some things that just don't add up. I'll get to those in a moment. First, here's a rundown on what the movie is about. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Written and directed by Michael Crichton, yes, the Jurassic Park guy, it stars Richard Benjamin and James Brolin as friends who at $1,000 a day, take a vacation at Delos, or Delos, a highly technically advanced and historically authentic amusement park for adults. Delos consisted of three worlds. Roman world, which, as far as I can tell, is all about sex orgies and eating peeled grapes. Medieval world is every Renfester's wet dream. Knights and queens, damsels and dungeons, jousts and sword fights, with plenty of turkey legs to eat. Huzzah! And Westworld is the embodiment of the American Old West of the 1880s. It has all the trappings of a John Wayne Western. Lawmen, gunmen, shootouts, bar fights, etc. The worlds are populated with extremely sophisticated robots, the kind only possible in movies and on TV. They are virtually impossible to differentiate from the guests at the park. And there is potential danger in many aspects of Delos, but the men, no women for shame, who run the park have made it quite safe. Nothing can go wrong. Well, not so fast there, Sparky. The robots become infected with some sort of virus, and the park technicians lose control of the now marauding machines. Roman world becomes a bloodbath. Medieval world has a sword fight turned deadly. In Westworld, a, gunslinging, uh, a gunslinger robot, played brilliantly by Yul Brenner, has set its sights on our heroes and begins a relentless pursuit. It's very entertaining, but there are a few nits worth picking. 
First, we are assured that the guns used in Westworld will not fire at any guests because the guns are equipped with a heating, a heat sensing device which disables the weapon should it be aimed at a guest. Humans are warm, after all, but wouldn't a robot generate heat as well? My laptop gets pretty darn, uh, darn warm, but I'll accept that contrivance. However, what's the range of the heat sensor? Bullets, and there are real bullets in those guns, can travel quite far. What about stray bullets, ricochets? At one point, there is a bank robbery and a shootout taking place outside the brothel our heroes are visiting. Couldn't a bullet come through a window or a wall and hit an unsuspecting guest? In medieval world, what device keeps a sword from slicing or stabbing a guest? Sure, the robots could be designed to always miss, but suppose two guests get in a sword fight. What stops them from injuring or killing each other? How good can a guest, uh, I'm sorry, how good can a guest be at quick draw or sword fighting? Do you really think some everyday accountant would be able to do a joust, let alone ride a horse well enough to even try? And there's a bar fight in Westworld that plays like a great bit of fun, but how do guests not get hurt? No broken fists or noses? They, they fall through railings, off balconies, and crash land on tables. Bottles are busted over heads, yet there are no concussions? No broken spines? I have a bigger issue with this movie. We are told that this is the most realistic experience the guests can have of the Roman, medieval, and Old West eras. There's none of the creature comforts of modern times. Authentic authenticity is the watchword of Delos. So explain to me why it is that Benjamin and Brolin face off with Brenner three times. And I have a, a picture of the first encounter they have with, uh, with the gunslinger that's played by Yul Brenner, and he's being shot, and then I put the caption, There, that settled it. He won't bother us again. Uh, in the first two gunfights, Benjamin kills, quote-unquote kills, the gunslinger, and on the third meeting, it's Brolin who decides to take the honors. And then I have a picture of that second meetup, and uh, it's uh, Yul Brenner having the drop on on uh, James Brolin, and Brolin saying, hey, didn't we kill you yesterday? Anyway, so Brolin decides to take the honors to uh, dispatch with uh, the gunslinger. His timing was a bit off, because by that point, the robots had gone rogue. Before Brolin meets his fate, the two vacationers even give a not-you-again groan when confronted by the gunslinger who won't stay dead. And then I have that picture from the third encounter, the caption I wrote, Dude, seriously, we like killed you twice already. What is this, zombie world? How realistic is it when you have to kill the same character three times in your week-long stay? Was he triplets? I would have had Brenner menacingly observing our heroes. I would have given some exposition that he's the toughest, fastest, most ornery, yet scheming hombre west of the Mississippi. You know, build him up a little. Give him a rep. Make him a fearful but enticing challenge. Then have him step up to take on the heroes as the robots have all gone rogue. Again, despite these nitpicks, I enjoy this movie very much. I guess I should repeat to myself, it's just a show. I should really just relax. Um, so that's what I wrote five years ago. 
and these they hold up. I mean, these are the same problems. How, you know, how well does that, you know, that sensor, how well does it work if you're shooting at somebody from across the street? I mean, and, you know, what if the bullet goes through a wall? I, you know, what what happens then? And how do you stop sword fights from killing somebody? And jousting? I mean, um, the two characters that uh, 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 Brolin and Benjamin play in this are two fellows that come from Chicago. Now, it's possible they know how to ride horses. It's because they hop on the horses and they ride just fine. But, I mean, they, they ride like experts. It's just, it's just, a lot of stuff is taken for granted. Um, there are some... Still, some very cool scenes in the movie. There's one in particular. I mean, when the, when the chase between the gunslinger and, at that point, Richard Benjamin, uh, when the, that takes place, that's a that's a really nice sequence to end out the movie. It's, it's really well done. It's fun. Uh, and, and I said, Brenner's great. And it's got some nice use of uh, lighting when they get into the uh, underground uh, control centers of the, of the park when they get there. There's some, some nice stuff in there. Nice visuals. Uh, but there's a cool scene. I, I thought this was cool when I was a kid. It was. It's also a bit eerie, and it's and it's it's the dead of night, cleaning up, of the dead robots from the shootouts, and that means horses and people. That from that there was that shootout. You know, where the bank was being robbed while the boys were having fun with the uh, with the uh, sex workers out there on the, you know, out there in the street. They were having a shootout, uh, robbing a bank. Well, in the middle of the night, a technician crew comes out, you know, tech crew comes out in a, in a truck that's kind of like a big mail truck or a UPS truck. It's painted blue. But it doesn't sound like a truck. It sounds like a, like a golf cart. It has like an electric engine kind of thing going, which makes it, it seems a little, you know, high tech, a little science fiction-y. This gives you that. And then there's this the score of the movie it has some really nice moments in there, and in this particular part, it's just this eeriness of it. And you don't you don't see the faces of these of these technicians are all wearing these kind of like blue jumpsuits, and they come out and they set up a uh, uh, they have a lighting rig that they set up out there, and these bright lights come on to give them you know so you can see what they're doing as they collect up the bodies, the robots, and then they put them in the back of the truck, and then the truck backs up to a building that the the front end opens up, and it backs up to a conveyor belt, and out they put these robots out and they and those, they go down underground into the the clean white austere laboratory type place you know with a bunch of gurneys set up and computers and and guys in lab men and women in lab coats that are working on all these on these robots and it's it's really cool and when i was a kid i just it was a neat eerie scene but there's a bit of pedantry here too this is happening in the middle of the night so the park is assuming that the guests are all asleep. What if somebody's, you know, I mean, it's it doesn't have the creature comforts. You know, it might be a warm night or it might be too cool and people are having a difficult time sleeping. The beds aren't going to be all that, that comfortable that they're used to in modern times. It's going to be, you know, they, they might be excited about their, you know, first night at the, at the, at, in the park and they can't sleep and they, they, or they might just be woken up by these bright lights that, that turn on outside. And they look out and see the technicians doing their thing. Now, that might not ruin the vacation for most people, but some might say, no, I want this experience to be absolutely authentic, and now I'm pulled out of it. You know, it might ruin it for some people. That's a little pick. It's a little pick. But the, the bigger... Oh, and by the way, $1,000 a day, 
that's what the that's what this place costs for these people to go there. Uh, I did the I, I did the inflation uh, uh, calculator. So uh, accounting um, accounting for inflation, that thousand uh, dollars a day in today's money would be five thousand eight hundred fifty four dollars and some cents a day. That's that's pretty spendy. Um, but here's the the biggest new wrinkle I have in it, and I touched on it in when I wrote. Uh, it's the phrase, "Nothing can go wrong." When the when when um, when Benjamin and Brolin get through it after a really pretty cool scene, well, cool shots of this hovercraft going across the desert, and the the coolest shots are the pilot. He's got the mirrored sunglasses, and he's you can see the desert floor reflected in the sunglasses he's going by and that's kind of cool uh and then you get this whole they set you up that's like there's this whole team of technicians that are working at these computers that are running running the whole thing and it's all men there's no women in there and so uh, that's and so they these guys are running everything and they're everything time there's cameras all over the place when a a sex robot uh refuses the advance of of a guest they're watching this happen and they said, oh, that's not right. You shouldn't do that. And then I thought, wait a minute. Do you guys watch the guests have sex with your robots? <laughs> the cameras are everywhere. You were seeing that. They were sitting on a bed, and she she refused his advance. She slapped him in the face and walked off. And it's like, I'm sorry. Are you are you watching them have sex? Is it? Wouldn't somebody be worried about that, you know, video leaking out to the public? <clears throat> Anyway, but the when when the guys are getting there and it's nice, everything's clean and just just white. Everything's white. There's nothing on the walls. And, you know, there's just other than like uh, color code things. Uh, and they go out and they all they have you know blue is for Westworld and red is for medieval world and yellow is for Roman world. I think. And so they're they're told you can hear this voiceover. There's like a speaker is all around and here's this nice pleasant woman's voice saying. You know, please go to your color-coded tram and give your name, and and then we'll take you to you know the, the changing area so they can get you can go to the park, and uh, and they do that, and and you hear a little bit of each uh, a preamble for each of the worlds, and you know Roman world you can indulge your every whim you know, that kind of thing, and 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 you know you can win the queen's heart at uh, in, in medieval world or and in west world you know he's giving you all these little synopsis and at the end of each little synopsis the the the, the voice of this woman says nothing can go wrong and when i was watching this and i said i disneyland does not tell you as you walk into the park that nothing can go wrong because something can always go wrong somebody can fall down trip over something and fall down. Something can go wrong. Now, I know why they're doing it. I know why. They're setting it up to be, uh, you know, it, you know that, that when the, everything goes kerflooey, they're getting it all set up so that, you know, that this, this nothing can go wrong thing and then everything goes really wrong. I understand that. But that, that was a new wrinkle that I hadn't thought of. Uh, um, in all the times I've watched this movie, but I still, I still really like the movie. It's fun. Just, just, just go along with it. Try not to think too much about it. If it, and just enjoy because it. it's, it's fun. It's a fun movie. You should like it. Good you night, watch it. Uh, doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher. 
Well, 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 well. I got to the end of another show. Uh, it, you know, be skeptical and extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Uh, be patient. Watch, wash your hands. Social distance. Wear a mask. And stay safe. Uh, this has been Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. And I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons, reminding you to sleep with the lights off. check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. What did you think of tonight's installment of Dimland Radio? Wow. Wow. Well, well I'm going to hell. hell.